Blog Talk Radio. Thursday, February 6, 2020. This is Drive Through HR. Uh, I'm your host, Robin Schooling, and uh, we talk uh, all things HR, all things work, lots of talent and technology and things like that. We toss buzzwords around with wild abandon sometimes. And uh, I think today we're going to have a, a fun conversation because we're going to dismantle some of those things that we uh, we tend to, to talk about with such reverence sometimes. So this is going to be a, a, a wild and freewheeling conversation. I'm going to give a little bit of a, a heads up to folks uh, that may have delicate ears. Uh, while we tend to not necessarily censor ourselves on drive through HR in terms of our language, I have a feeling that today um, we're, we're going to we're going to probably use a, a few words that. Uh, that may offend a few folks, but, um, you know, that's, that's part of keeping it real, and that's what we're going to do today. So I am really excited to welcome our guest today, and uh, let me introduce Ted Bauer. Welcome, Ted. Well, thank you for having me. I know we were trying to uh, we were trying to get it done a couple other times, and I'm glad I finally got to roll through this uh, magic uh <laughs> it is magic. It is, and you know, you you may or may not be aware, but um, coming up here, actually in a few days, is actually the ten year anniversary of the very first drive through HR show. Oh wow! So, really? Yep, ten years, I'm here man. For ten years. Jesus, that is ten years intense. of magic. <laughs> yeah, that's intense, <laughs> man. That's re- that's actually really cool. You should be proud of that. There's not, um, there are a lot of kind of like, I wouldn't say one-off deals, but there's a lot of stuff in the HR, TA, um, that general ecosystem that kind of feel like they're around for 16 months and then they disappear, you know? So Yeah, yeah. 10 years is an accomplishment. It's, 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 it's fun. Now we'll just, you know see how long we can keep it going but uh enough about the show let's talk about uh let's talk about some interesting things in the in the world of work and uh you know folks that uh, that have found the episode have uh, have will have seen a little write up on you um with the various places where you share your viewpoints and you know i i you are just one of my favorite writers i I read, I think, every single thing that you put out. That's uh, cool of you, man. Thank you. And uh, yeah, I think you have such you have such a good a good voice, and you know a good style. But you also say really important things. So tell us a little bit about yourself, those in our audience who aren't familiar with you. Sure. So um, 
I hate leading with like what you do. I think that's kind of a <laughs> dumb way to define oneself, but um, just broadly speaking, I grew up in New York um, City, but I've lived in a bunch of different places. I've been in Texas probably like four or five years now, I think five years. Um, and I think I've lived pretty much like US-wise every place except like the West Coast, Rockies area. Um, and okay. I was, the, long, the longest place I was ever at was ESPN. And so like, that was kind of like, all I really wanted to do because I wasn't like good at sports growing up. I was okay. I'm pretty tall uh-huh. and I was good at basketball and shit, but I wasn't yeah. like very good at sports. I felt like that was a little dividing line between my dad and I's relationship or some therapy part of this. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was real good at like following sports and like I always knew like mm. stats and storylines and stuff. So I kind of, like, from the time I was, like, 14, 15, that's, like, all I wanted to do was work at a place like ESPN. Then I did it. I think I was 24 when I started that job. And I was there probably, like, seven, eight years. And it's, like, in the beginning, it was, like, you're still kind of blinded by, like, man, this is, like, supposedly my dream job. That can probably carry yep. you through a year. That can carry you through a year, right? That's what I assume people that work at, like, Google or Amazon or whatever think these days. And then it was just like, I don't know. I guess I was 24, 25. Now I'm almost 40. But, like, I um, I just started to see, like, all the bullshit that, you know, most people are aware of in most, like, white-collar hierarchy jobs, right? So yeah. I was there for a while. I had another job at, like, PBS. And there was, like, more bullshit there, even though you think PBS would be, like, a really pure you know, place because of how their programming works. It's all just like there's still hierarchy and everything, right? So um, I was just kind of into like, I wanted to learn like what's the difference between like bad bosses and good bosses and just like how to just like differentiate that stuff. So Mm -hmm. I went and at first I was thinking about doing a PhD in like organizational stuff, but that was going to take seven years and I felt like that was too long and I didn't know if I wanted to be like an academic. So I went and got this master's in org dev and like, it's kind of like a half MBA. Um, but I didn't really do like a finance part of it. So it's not really like a fully baked MBA. Um, I think in hindsight, I probably regret that because I have a bunch of debt from it, but I do think coming (laughs) out of that, um, just like my work experience plus learning some shit in that program. And we had a lot of like high level HR people come talk to us like Microsoft, Oracle. Um, I just like put together a lot of pieces about what does and doesn't like seem to matter. And then I got Mm -hmm. a full-time job out of that. I wasn't doing HR like org stuff. I was doing marketing. So got a full-time job, got laid off from that job. They had like a headcount reduction so it's probably 2015, late 2015. So I've been like mostly freelance since then, but I've probably mm-hmm. contracted on like, I would say 150 to 200 different places. So I've just seen like all sorts of different crap, yes. like HR crap, management crap, uh, yep. priorities crap, you know? So, and yep. I've 
probably worked in like, I don't know, 20 plus industries, right? And it's amazing how similar some of the issues are, regardless of the industry. You know? Yes. So, yeah. yeah. So that's kind of like the long form version of how I got here. And I would say since I was laid off from that 2015 job, I started, I just like write and do like social media stuff more because it helps me. Uh-huh. I get um, people that want to engage with me on, like, paid stuff, right? So right. I probably put more, like, hot takes into the universe in those four years or so than I did prior to that. Uh, and that's probably, like, somewhere in there is probably where you and I first, like, became aware yeah. of each other, you know? Yeah. 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 Well, and, you know, uh, you, uh, you know, one of the um... – <clears throat> One of the, um, you know, aspects, obviously, what you what you write about, what you talk about, is, um, you know, the elements of work that suck. Right. Um, you know, un- as you said, priorities, unclear priorities. You know, the, yep. the deadlines that we, you know, impose upon ourselves or our workers, stress, the shitty managers. You know, the. Um, pay and compensation and salary issues, you know, things like that, things that suck, really, at work. Mm-hmm. Um, why, you know, I, I guess the question becomes, you know, that's a big, big, broad area, but what's one or two of the craziest things that you would say in the world of work, you know, we we do to ourselves, we impose in this sort of really weird yeah. <laughs> structure of how people make a living well okay one thing i was actually just talking to vadim who's like another like hr in the digital space person mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. about this a couple of days ago is like honestly one of the stupidest things to me and i think more people realize this as they get older is like we we almost like elevate guys like Elon Musk and like Bezos or whatever to like God type levels. Right. And then Mm -hmm. we talk about their work ethic and how they do like 120 hours a week and they're always moving and all this shit. And I think we create this like weird value system where like, even if you're like a middle manager or a product manager or a account manager, or you just like run spreadsheets for executives all day, like, People think they need to be putting that much of themselves into work, which I don't think was ever the point. So I feel like we have this crazy, like, virtue signaling about, like, oh, this person leaves at 445, like, they're not all in or whatever, right? And I think to a lot of people, because they probably didn't, like, sit and philosophically think about it when they were 20, is, like, a lot of people just – started working and then got a series of jobs because they needed a source of income, right? Like they didn't have a trust fund or whatever. And it's like what people do in the first world. Right. So mm-hmm. I, I don't think people like a lot of people start from a place of, well, I need this to like make the other parts of my life manageable. Right. But then like right. somewhere along the line, it became like, oh, there's this, like, hustle culture and this, like, entrepreneur culture. And that all has value, but it's, like, that's the craziest first thing I think we do to each other is we, like, stress ourselves out and, like, value signal, virtue signal about, like, how hard people work and, like, how much you put into shit. And I think to a lot of people, 
They just want to, like, fucking do a job and, like, go home and spend time with their family or friends or whatever. Yeah. Like, I don't think I don't think everybody needs to be Elon Musk. Like, it's cool that guys like that come along and maybe we get, like, some automotive innovation around it. But I don't think everybody needs to aspire to that, right? And yeah. then yeah. I guess the other big one would be, like, you brought it up when you first asked the question, but, like, priorities is, like, I cannot – tell you regardless of industry regardless of title and this you know studies about this it feels like so few people are clear on like besides making money or proving growth which is like what the top levels care about so mm-hmm. few people are clear on like what the priorities of a given place are right like they might know mm-hmm. where to find the mission statement on the website or whatever or they might know what their daily weekly task stuff looks like but like so many people have no idea what the priorities of where they work are and if you tried to engage them on a real conversation about it they would have no idea they would probably try to opt out of that conversation right so sometimes I think it would be easier if we just admitted to ourselves like okay the point of this place is to make money and the people at the top are going to get more of that um, and you're going to get enough to hopefully provide like a good life for yourself. And then we're good. Like I almost feel like assigning shit, like purpose and mission. I see them as valuable, but we've like almost turned them into suitcase words where they mean everything. And there's like, no, there's not a lot of utility to them anymore. Right. Like I almost feel like we need an analog, regression on work where we're just like hey this is a means to an end just do the best you can try to be professional like don't I know you've shared some like pretty cool um, HR stories over time that I've seen on your feeds and like man when I was working at ESPN I was in Connecticut we had a friend I want to say it was at like an advertising firm and I'm not even kidding you he got fired Um, on like a Thursday and he came in on Friday morning because they hadn't like deactivated his keys or whatever and Uh he he defecated on his boss's (laughs) desk right so I'm just like saying I think you should be professional you should try to do the best job you can don't defecate on anybody's desk but I don't think that we need to like assign all this value and virtue and like think that work is going to give us all this purpose or meaning in our lives. Yeah. I think it's a part of your life and it gives you a degree of that, but it's not, you can't tie your whole identity and purpose up in work, you know? I, I think where, you know, cause I've worked um, over the course of my career, I've worked at two, um, two nonprofit entities, uh, a social service okay. agency and, um, and then a long-term care um, community um, that was also nonprofit. Both were, you know, religious based um, was was their founding. And I'm the most non-religious person in the world. Um, but because they were founded on these, they, it made a lot of sense there because of the work that we did and how they were founded that we had mission and vision and values. I yeah. mean, the one yeah. the one place the was founded by nuns a hundred years before, and we still kind of talked about well what the nuns did when they founded this place. It right. made sense, and we rallied around 
the values. We rallied around the mission um, in that type of organization. Then I've worked for places and, and, you know, I've worked for a couple of casinos. Talk about an industry where, let's be real, it's all about making bank at the end yeah. of the day, right? Yeah. How many people are going to sit and toss their money into a slot machine? Right. Um, and when we tried, you know, and those organizations both, of course, had, when I joined them, you know, here's these values and this, you know, it, it tried to dress it up, just like you said, you know, it, at the end of the day, the entire reason for existence there was to make as much money as possible and make as much money as possible for the people at the top of the food chain. And everybody else was just get your shit done yep. and make money for the for the big boys and the stockholders and the shareholders. Yep. And, you know, d- dressing it up and then being kind of false about what that meant day to day was just such a such a dichotomy. Um, yeah. And, and it, it was like, like- – it almost creates like a bunch of resentment, you know, it's like, yes, you got all these people down the chain who are like, okay, I'm going to keep doing this because right now I don't have another thing or I don't have a bunch of side things or whatever, but I don't really give a shit about being here. <laughs> like, this is just yeah. like a small game for the top people. Right. And it's like, you, uh, you just, it's almost like the way that those types of places are designed like how could a person possibly be deeply motivated even if you're internally deeply motivated like you get up every day at 4 30 to go work out or whatever and you have like a lot of like will and perseverance in your personal life like at a place like that you're never gonna find it for the job you know yeah so one of the you know um your blog post today um you, you spoke about um you know, really kind of like power power dynamics in organizations. Yeah. I mean, I think it's really about power dynamics, whether that mm-hmm. be positional or role, you know, money, whatever. And so your post today um, on, on the context of things was about how CEOs um, are unaware that their employees are struggling. I, and I read that post and I was like, yup, <laughs> yeah, yep. I've worked yeah. at that place. You know, I've yep. worked at that place um, where, you know, Bob CEO, because it's usually Bob and not Betty. Right. Um, Bob Bob CEOs making you know millions and millions of dollars, and um, is so disconnected. You know, does Bob need to be connected? You know, with the fifty thousand people that work for him, no. But Bob has absolutely yeah. zero sense of what his average employee is going through day to day. Bob can no more yep. fathom living on $15 an hour than I can fathom living on, you know, 20 million a day. Right. Um and and so that to me that has always just but personally that has just always driven me it it, it wounds me and maybe part of it is my yeah. nonprofit background too because I've I've right. surrounded myself working with people in the community. Um I how do we how important is it that this, that those in power, those in positions right. of power, those CEOs, understand, and to what level of understanding do they need to have about right. the day-to-day of their workers? So I, I agree with you that if you're talking about, like, a Bezos or, like, I'm forgetting, like, I think it's, like, 
Mars or whoever, or Nestle or whatever has like 200K globally. And like General yeah. Motors has like 700K globally. Like if you, if you have that many people and you're at the top of the pyramid, no, it's reasonably not possible for you to care about all of them. I do think yeah. that we need, um, I do think we need to shift the role of like, and this is would take generations. It's not like an overnight thing, but I do think we need to shift the role of what a senior leader is perceived as doing and like what their, um, what their context to the organization is. Cause in for-profit typically once you get above a certain salary band or title band, all you do is look at like financials and think about money and stuff. And yeah the process and the profit side begins to like super outweigh the people side. And the only people you really interact with or care about are people at your level. Right. So I think we need like a different context for that. I do think I don't, and I've said this like a couple of times on like Twitter and stuff, but I think like the term soft skills is stupid because guys, it's mostly guys that still run companies. They don't want to be associated with the word soft, you know, but I do think that we need, uh, I do think we need to like advance people that maybe like they don't close the most or they're not like killers or whatever, or like boardroom warrior type people, but like they have a degree of like empathy. They can communicate they like are curious about other people. Like those are the people that I think should become executives uh, or senior leaders at places because that would make the whole place more functional. Now, yeah, it's like when you get into these discussions, it's like real easy. There's like almost two distinct sides where it's like, well, a CEO, CFO have the ultimate responsibility for like keeping the lights on, keeping payroll there, right? If that falters, it's on them more than anybody. Uh-huh. So maybe that's uh-huh. all they should focus on, right? But then it's like, okay, we're not at full scale automation. We probably won't be for another two generations. So it's like these places are still made up of people. So there's got to be a way to care about money and care about people. And probably in the last, like, 35 years, it feels like we went way towards one side, especially at the top of organizations, right? So I think the short answer is probably just, like, figuring out, promoting, like, uh, different types of people, which isn't an easy Uh answer. But, like, you know there's always a guy or a woman, and actually it's probably women more. There's always somebody in an organization that has, like, all this informal power because they have a lot of – knowledge and respect or whatever, but then they don't get SVP or C-level titles for whatever reason, like some political thing or output thing. It's like, take some of the people with informal power and give them formal power, and right there, you probably have a more functional place to work, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Instead, we, you know, as you've, um, you know, we've You've talked about this before, and I think we've had back and forth conversations even about it before. You know, we tend to we we reward the collective we reward that that asshole person in the organization yeah. because that's yeah. the that's the 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 killer, like you said. You know, hitting hitting is. You know, hitting his numbers on sales yep. or whatever yep. it may be, might be a might be a jerk, might have yep. some fairly you know 
believable mm-hmm. complaints about harassment <laughs> on his record, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and that's the guy that is either, and I keep saying guy, could be a woman, but that's right. the person that's getting promoted, or certainly not being moved off of a team. And so that's right. the other know, thing that, too. That, the other thing too that is not as discussed as much. I mean, I think we all know about like assholes and harassment, and that stuff's terrible. What's never discussed in like lit business literature is like once you've become an executive, it's the same deal as like being an NFL coach. So just because you've held the title, other mm-hmm. people will interview you and hire you for mm-hmm. that job, even if you're not that good. So like what's funny is, and this is changing, which is good, but at low and mid levels, there is still a stigma around people like job hopping, even though it is right. one of the easiest ways to make more money. But then, like, right. if you go to LinkedIn and you look at, like, a C-suite person's LinkedIn, like, a lot of times they freaking change jobs, like, every 18 months, right? Yeah, And yep. I remember I was That's seen as a badge of honor. But that's a, for them, it's yeah. honorable. But for us, it's, like, yeah. terrible, right? So I was, like, working this cybersecurity company. Um, I was on a 1099 with them in 2018. And this new CMO came in and he had like Silicon Valley experience and everybody was like gaga for him. And I went to this like dinner and drinks thing. And he's like, man, here's the three year vision. Here's the five year vision. He left at 13 months <laughs> for, like another, for an equivalent job with like a, a firm that had more venture backing or whatever. Right. So it's like, Dude, he's sitting there laying out a five-year vision, and then it's like he got through like slightly over one year of that, right? <laughs> but then for him to to that level, it's a badge of honor. If I did that, yep. people would be like, "Oh, what's wrong with this kid? He seems erratic." Yep. <laughs> you know? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That so that's like kind of looking a at your resume wouldn't like that, you know? No, she wouldn't but, like uh, it. But then for like no. for you know CMO Charlie or whatever, it's a badge of honor. <laughs> So, yeah, that's like a dichotomy we need to fix, too. But these aren't, like, overnight answers by any means. Right, right. Well, we are, um, believe it or not, we are getting, like, close to wrapping it up already. We're we're just at about uh, about three and a half minutes left. Time flies, um, man. Time flies, right? And 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 the you know the doing it live is kind of fun too. Yeah. Um, so we really have to watch time, but. Um, Tell us, tell our audience. Um, well, before I, before I have you do that, let me just give a quick shout out. Thank you to our sponsor, uh, Q Inc. So, cheers to Q um, for uh, keeping Drive Through HR running for these years. And uh, now let's uh, let's have you, Ted, tell our listeners where they can find you online. Okay. So, um, the, my main blog is called context of things i think you mentioned in the beginning um Mm -hmm. and then i'm on twitter which is at ted bauer 2003 um and then i'm on linkedin under like edward ted edward being my legal name although only my mom really calls me that (laughs) um it's like edward parentheses ted bauer those are probably the three biggest places um and then yeah, I mean, I'm on Facebook personally, and I try to throw some grenades over there, too. Yeah, um, it's always enjoyable. You can, 
Yeah, you can just add me there too. I, I don't <laughs> unless it's like clearly like a spam bikini model or like a Middle Eastern bot. Like I've pretty much accepted most Facebook requests too, so I'm fine with that as well. Um, you can good. search me, and if you're in that HR tech weird like ecosystem, we'll probably have mutual yep. friends, so you'll know you'll you'll know that you have the right person. <laughs> yep. And you are, and let me let me also point out to folks that um, you you do a lot of freelancing and yep. contract work. So, um, folks that are interested in connecting with you, um, whether that be for a uh, a contract type gig or a project, and or something long term, um, they can yep. certainly reach oh, out right. and. and connect with you for that too so yeah and a um, lot of it is a lot of it's been like writing and ghost writing but i do some like mm -hmm. email marketing stuff social media stuff um so any like communications type messaging type needs that you might have i could probably yes help out in some capacity so yeah just Fantastic. feel free to find me on the on, on the interwebs <laughs> Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, um, Ted, for being on the show. Happy to have you as a guest on Drive Through HR. And uh, goodbye to our audience and hope everybody has a good rest of the day. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye.